and welcome back or to Hunting Legends. I am Suho Lauren Garcia, and today is the fun-sized episode. That was weird. I don't know if I could ever reach that high again. Fun-sized! I could. I, I just, yep, I did it. <laughs> In the little studio, we just have Bo. Um, he's laying down right now, so hopefully he won't get up unless provoked. What do you think, Bo? Anywho, uh, I took my own notes for this little fun size, so hopefully it'll be good. <laughs> I did take them a bit last minute, but I tried to keep all the quality in it. So our topic for today's little fun size is the Kelpie. Since St. Patrick's Day is next week and whatnot, I wanted to do sort of like... I mean, this is from mostly Scottish folklore, but I wanted to do a little bit more uh, Irish legends for the fun size, especially whenever we're having heavy hitters for the full-sized episodes. And I did add two more fun-sized for both next week and the week after, completely surrounding all of the heavy hitter episodes. So yeah, hopefully it'll be good. Um, the story of the Kelpie as I've said, is from Scottish folklore. The Kelpie is a shape-shifting water spirit uh, and almost every sizable body of water in the region holds a story of the Kelpie, which I think is pretty cool how it expands not only from like one particular area but also many areas because there are many Kelpies, there are many water spirits, there's not just one or a few. I need to stop messing with the mic. <laughs> and although a lot of origin, uh, origins of this creature are lost to time and translation, uh, some people today actually speculate that these stories were once to warn children of lakes and young women of strangers. And I will get into that. I will get into the young women and the children and the lakes and whatnot. Uh, but most folklorists define Kelpies as spirits who dwell in rivers and lakesides. Uh, some believe that they inhabit bodies of water, such as locks, as well. They are described as powerful black horses taking home in deep pools, preying on humans. A common characteristic is that they have backwards-facing hooves compared, or like reverse-facing hooves compared to normal horses. And that's how you tell them apart from Kelpies. Wait, that's how you tell Kelpies apart from horses. There's our brain, there's our words. In some stories, Kelpies would drag their victims into the water to devour them and toss their entrails, I hit the mic, sorry, back to the shores uh, in equine form, because they have a few forms. Uh, the Kelpie will actually has the ability to extend their back to carry more riders. This is a theme in many stories involving the Kelpie that several children would climb onto the back. Say one who, in most tales, will is petting the horse, but then his hand becomes stuck to the horse's neck as the Kelpie drags all the children down to the pool. 
And in these, in most of these variations, the boy cuts off his hand or his fingers or sometimes his whole hand off in order to, in order to not drown. In those stories, the other children that were stuck on the beast's back would be carried to its depths. And oftentimes in these stories, the only thing left of them or the only thing that would come back would be the washed up entrails. There are also a lot of stories about how the Kelpie, Kelpie can transform itself into a human. Uh, one such story is one where a Kelpie changes into an old man to wander about a village, but then a, a, a man recognizes the beast as a Kelpie and hits him over the head, thus turning the Kelpie back into its horse-like form, and it scampers off back to its pool. Another such story is the story of a Kelpie who transforms himself into a man in order to woo a young woman. Now the girl's no dumb. She's not dumb. She knows that it's a Kelpie and removes the silver necklace that is around the man's neck, thus turning him into a horse. And this is where it gets a little bit weird for me. She then takes the Kelpie as a horse to her father's farm where he works on the farm for an entire year before she rides the Kelpie to a wise man, tells him the story, and the wise man tells her to give the Kelpie back his silver necklace and he transforms back into a man. And the wise man then goes to the Kelpie and says, Yo, <laughs> you... Do you want to be married to this woman? Are you going to stay mortal? Basically, he's just asking the Kelpie if he is going to stay mortal and marry this woman because instead of going back to his home. And so the Kelpie, I, I kind of like this part in the fact that the Kelpie actually in this story asks the young woman if she wants to marry him, to which she says yes. And he that's the end of the story. He stays in human form. They get married. They have kids, I guess. They have little Kelpie, half-Kelpie children. And the, the reason why I think that story is so weird, because... I mean, in, in like, part of, like, her wooing him... To have him trans transform himself into a horse and have him go to work on her father's farm. What a way... To woo somebody. <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, in most traditional stories, uh, talking about Kelpies transforming into humans, it is a male human. There are sometimes an old man, sometimes a woman, uh, but it, it is mostly a male human form that they take. Uh, but actually, in a lot of those stories... Sometimes the Kelpie will actually retain its hooves in human form. It will have a human upper half and have hooves for feet. And with the rise of Christianity, this was actually very much associated with Satan and the devil. And it was actually written about uh, in a poem called Address, Address to the Devil, written in 1786 by Robert Burns. 
he like specifically mentions the Kelpie. I didn't write down the poem because I couldn't find the whole thing. Couldn't find the whole poem with the verse and everything. But he did specifically mention the Kelpie in association with the devil. And that may be where the devil gets this his common form of having a hoof, hoof legs, hoofed legs. I think that's kind of cool how like some certain legends, much like this one, where certain aspects of that legend can leak into other stories. Anyway, <laughs> now it is said that you can actually capture a Kelpie using a halter stamped with a cross. This is only if it is in horse form and if it is if the Kelpie is not already wearing some form of tack. Uh, doing using this method, you can harness its strength and can and it, you can use it to do work that normal horses can't. Uh, in one such story, a I believe I didn't write it down. I didn't write the whole story down, but I wrote the mentioning. But a rich man, I'm just gonna call him a rich man, captures a kelpie and uses him to lift heavy stones and basically build his entire castle. And after the work on the castle is complete, he releases the kelpie, and the kelpie having not been happy with the way he was treated, I mean, obviously, uh, cursed the man and his entire house. And I don't remember the details. I should have written it down. I don't remember the details of the curse, but it was pretty bad case. But yeah, they also have the power to curse people. <laughs> um... And sometimes, as I've mentioned before, sometimes a Kelpie will be already wearing some form of tack, some form of bridle or saddle. This is mostly to lure unsuspecting victims into a ride to which a Kelpie will then take them down to the depths of their pools to which they inhabit. Um, and actually, if these bridles or saddles are taken off, you can actually exercise the spirit and then the bridle, which is now embedded with magical abilities, can then be used to transform a person into a horse or a pony. Yeah. I, I have nothing else to say about that. You can use a Kelpie bridle to transform somebody else into a freaking horse. Or yourself, I guess. But that begs the question, how are you going to get the bridle off? Decisions, decisions. <laughs> uh, it is said that they can only be quote-unquote killed by a silver bullet. Uh, there's actually, I, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to revise my statement. They can be quote-unquote killed by either a silver bullet and that, I say quote-unquote killed. Uh, in these stories, they basically turn into a jelly-like substance, some, sometimes like jellyfish, how they wash up on shore and they become their little mushy selves. Um, in another story, it actually speaks of how a blacksmith quote-unquote killed a Kelpie by piercing its sides with two red-hot iron spears. 
uh, in this story, the Kelpie actually turned into a heap of starch. Which I, I guess is sort of similar. Wet starch. Yeah, have you ever seen wet starch? It kind of looks like, yeah, kind of looks like jelly. <laughs> I've mentioned, whenever I was mentioning the king, I'm, I thought of something that I needed to mention, but, oh, oh, I remembered it, I remembered it. Uh, I wanted to go back, and the reason why I say that, although the origins are kind of lost to time in translation, there are a lot of stories, there are a lot of legends that kind of predate written history around this region, and especially around the Kelpie, there are a lot of similar creatures that I may go over <laughs> later in life. And uh, some scholars actually believe that at least certain creatures actually are, are most likely the same, and yet they were spoken a little bit differently, so they were written down as different creatures. Um, there are also a lot of variations in other cultures as well, including uh, ones in Central America, Iceland, and Germany. Which, yeah, I, they're, I mean, they're similar, but they're different, and I kind of want to do them for other episodes, so I don't want to mention them right now. So, yeah. And I say that it's also lost time because uh, this, like I said before, a lot of these stories were predate written history a little bit, just by a little bit, um, we still have, there are still a lot of records of the stories, and especially the Kelpie and stories around the Kelpie, it's just possibly that they're spreading them out, or they're mixing them up a little bit, and, but, but, this is mostly Kelpie. So yeah, that's all I wanted to say. That's a good-sized episode. I'm done with my notes. That's pretty good. I should end it here. That was actually a pretty good recording. I feel like I did pretty good on that. Now I just need to end it. Uh, <laughs> with all the notes being said and everything, I will say that this has been Hunting Legends. If you're new, please subscribe for more content. If you're already subscribed, please like, comment, review, and get all your friends into Hunting Legends. I link the social medias in the description of every episode. Uh, posts there are very random, so you don't have to subscribe to them, but it will be very nice to subscribe to them. And speaking of subscribers, I actually, actually, I need to check the subscribers list. I haven't been doing that a little bit, and I, I'm sorry for anyone who is new. Can I, can you check, check subscribers? Please, please show me. 34, wow. Um, thank you to that 34th person who has, subs who hath subscribed. I checked, I checked this a little bit earlier. That's why I'm not really surprised right now, but uh, I, I am very thankful to that the 34th person and all the other people that have subscribed to this uh, and they like it, they continue to subscribe to it. Thank you. Genuinely. Uh, hope you all have great weeks, weekends, and stay tuned for 
next week's episodes of Hunting Legends, including the fun-sized and the full-sized episode that I have planned. So yeah, this has been that. Um, Stay tuned for that. But until then, we'll be saying goodbye. It was a bit of a rough ending, but yeah, good goodbye. Have a nice day. Goodbye.